Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is Philosophy versus Improv, where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two, and maybe you, the audience, get something out of it as well. I'm Mark Lintemeyer, a philosophy pedagogue who is itching to learn improv. And I'm Bill Arnett, an improv practitioner excited to learn about philosophy. Each of us has come with a lesson in mind to evade the other. Uh, we're not just going to say what that lesson is up front. We're not going to take turns. When the lesson is done, our Judge Bot 3000 will tell you what we learned. No, the Judge Bot is not going to tell you what we learned. We're going to tell you what we learned. The Judge Bot will decide yes. which lesson produced the most profound effect. I had thought about the upgrade of just having the judge bot do the entire podcast mm-hmm. and tell what we learned, but it's still in beta. I'm not really comfortable deploying that. Sure. Well, you know, perhaps that will be the future is just programming lessons into a computer and having it come up with the best way to convey that lesson. Then also people can use the computers to take in that lesson. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be computers talking to computers because we won't really have to do anything because we're out of the loop. We're out of humanity will be out of the loop and several more generations full stop. But is that prepare? Is that a reasonable thing to predict? That's kind of what I'm wondering about today is what counts as a reasonable or rational thing to say? Great question. I think we can make a lot of guesses. I think we can look towards the past and see how certain changes or technologies or conceptual technologies have changed the future. Would you like to hear my guess of how the future is going to be very different within one generation? Do it. Humanity, mostly science, will figure out how to make plant-based protein to such a degree that there will be a generation raised primarily on plant-based protein that will be confused about natural meats. They won't understand why this veggie patty is called chicken. Why is this named after this animal? Why is it shaped the way it is? And when they learn why, they will be horrified. So presumably at that point, when such veggie meats are so easy, and maybe we're even close to that point now, it will be seen as unreasonable exactly to, uh, exactly. to actually want to go out and uh, pull out your fangs chomp into a wild creature. I hate to say it. We are as moral as our options allow us. How's that one for you? Is there some kind of scene that we could venture into that is based on one of these various <laughs> things that we've been... We, we certainly could. I guess if there's going to be some improv in there, we, we probably should do something improvisationally. You know what, Mark? Why don't you get us? I feel like I'm starting these things and I feel like I kind of silver platter these things sometimes. So the only thing I'm going to say is I would love for your initiation to just lay out some kind of context, if that makes sense, and then I can find a home inside that context. Other than that, there are no rules. None. I think that uh, we are uh, two turkeys. We're two turkeys waiting around in the pen. We know not why. Sure. Can you turn that into a line of dialogue? Hey there, Bob. What's going? Nothing much. Nothing much. Uh, Another day, another... Scratching through the gravel here. Can I admit something? I just, uh, tell me if this is just me, but 
there aren't a lot of older turkeys here. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I heard that uh, they graduate. Oh, yeah? I'm not totally sure what, what uh, I think they probably go to uh, get jobs. Like, we don't really have to do very much here. I, I feel like our needs are just taken care of. I mean, I'd like to have more food. And I'm sort of, I'm, I guess I'm looking forward to that because I'd like to have food more times per day. And I think once I graduate, I'll be able to do that. Well, maybe it's tinfoil waddle time, but I've got a theory too. Yeah. You know what the farmer does with the old turkeys? He turns them into, are you ready for this? Dogs and cats. I see plenty of old, I see plenty of old cows. I see plenty of old over in the dairy. I see plenty of old dogs and cats. Don't see any old turkeys. See, I don't think uh, that's uh, a very reasonable guess. Not reasonable. Because uh, I think uh, turkeys are distinguished from those other animals by the fact that we can talk. We have reason. Oh, well, we have. Uh, I haven't heard them dogs and cats talking. <laughs> have I mean, you ever seen a dog egg or a horse egg or a cat egg? Right. So they're probably just beasts. They don't have eggs. Where do they come from? Hmm. It just pop out of thin air? The ground? I mean, I. Okay. So food comes from the bucket. Mm hmm. Dogs. Is there a dog bucket? I, I guess I haven't seen a dog bucket either. I haven't either. I haven't seen a dog bucket. I haven't seen a cat. Here's what I know I've seen old cows at the dairy. I've never seen a cow egg. Boom. The, the dog comes from the house. I've definitely seen the dog come from the house. That's where the machinery is that does the genetic switcheroo Isle of Dr. Moreau style to turn us turkeys into other animals. See, when the farmer showed us that film, I, I thought that was a, that was a bit far-fetched. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I thought it was more reasonable than when he showed us Logan's run and that when we get old, we all die. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, well... Look, I mean, we all know about the pecking order uh -huh. and uh, how Frank was getting out of line last week and literally how he pecked his eyes at the pecking order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was behind and then he kind of pushed in front of me mm -hmm. to get some food. And so I pecked his eyes out uh -huh. and and he was, uh, you know, dead. And that was an assertion of uh, dominance. It was definitely called for completely in line uh, with everything that our society and culture deems good and valid and necessary. Right. That was a, a reasonable mm -hmm. approach to the conflict. Mm -hmm. I guess, what, what was the point? The, the, yeah, there is a thing that is death, but I think that we only have the power to do it. I've never seen any death that is not in the context of uh, an aggressive pecking resulting in a, a corpse. Sure. I mean, look, when the farmer showed us Soylent Green. I thought that was a horror movie. Could you imagine if people or turkeys ate turkeys? <laughs> I mean, I... It's horrendous when they died. I guess I, if you're pecking in well, a body, an eye, I mean, you're going to taste some of it. It's, that's just natural. But, like, I wouldn't actually eat no, it. No, I mean, no. I might just, like, give it a little bit. You just lick. need to send a message. And besides, if they're dead and you're eating them, they can't receive your message. Boom. Right. Yeah, I guess that is a, a flaw in the system. Look, back to, that, back to your point about seeing dead things. Yeah. I did see there was a donkey, if you recall, a donkey that lived here. Gary got hit by a tractor and fell over and stopped moving. 
I did not inspect Gary, but he sure looked dead to me. So did he become a cat? Did he well, become a dog? Is this what you think, that when something dies, that it becomes something else? The farmer put it in the back of the trailer, trailer on the tractor. They shoved it back there, took it around behind the barn. I never saw Gary again. However, I did see kittens. This was last March after the snow had all melted. Dead donkey goes behind the barn. Kittens come out of the barn. Didn't see the kitten eggs. Did see the baby cats. And if you think about it, one donkey, I mean, you could probably, it's going to take several other things to, there's a mass, you know, conservation of mass going on. So, yeah, no, I get that. It's just that those are beasts. And so, yeah, you take a beast, you chop it into bits. I guess you get other beasts. Um, but with, uh, with us, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think we're beasts. No, we we're obviously we're talking. We're fundamentally different. When I peck out someone's eyes and, you know, go all the way, don't stop at just a message, just a, a blindness message and go all the way for the kill. Then, um, I'm setting a soul free into the ether that I guess, uh, will become one with the, the sun. I, something like that. Well, you know, call me a, turkey atheist or something, but I think we're animals. I think we're all animals. Us, the farmer, the donkey, the cats, we're all animals. I'm just not sure that uh, it's really your place to to say that. Hey, agree to disagree. Maybe we got to check the order. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think there's just agreeing to disagree. I mean, a lot of the uh, getting in line, of course, you know, getting ahead of me for the food, that's pretty goddamn bad. But uh, Yeah, well, that is. Saying that we're animals, saying that we're like cats and dogs. Look, look at your arms. It's 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 in that direction. Look at your arms. Do they look kind of like bird's wings? They kind of do. Turkey arms look like bird wings. Now we see those birds flying around, the dumb birds flying around. I believe we evolved from birds, but lost the ability to fly because it is a waste of energy, and yet still have these semi-vestigial wings. Those are our arms. Can you believe it? This is just nuts. So, like, wait, did the kitten evolve from the pony? Is that what you're saying? Is that what these, what is this evolution you're no, talking about? No, this is about? this this Dr. Moreau machine that, that, that well, yeah, humans love their machines. Let's just be honest. They love their machines. Yeah, I mean, I love the TV, actually. Yeah. I, it is awesome. really cool it's that we cool. get to see so many movies that Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump. I mean, more turkeys. More turkeys there should be. Really. I wish there was more turkey representation on television. I'm not going to lie. There yeah, seems to be. Yeah. It's just right around the fall, I see more turkeys, but that's it. I don't know why that's what the fall has to do with turkeys. Uh, it makes no sense to me, but there seems to be more turkey-related content in the fall. All right. I, I'm beginning to get what this game is. I also see a lot more pumpkins in the fall. Yeah. So what's with that? Is that because like the kittens become pumpkins? Well, the pumpkins are done growing. The pumpkins are plants. That's when they're harvested. That's when they're done growing. And the pumpkins, the fall they is become when we food don't see. Where does the food come from? The food comes from the bucket. All right. We got that. Where does the bucket come from? The fields. Okay. So it grows. It grows. The so bucket grows. The buckets. So why isn't there a bucket season? Um, great question. Great question. Yeah, I think this whole I think this whole line of growing and evolution and all this this is just uh, you know we're here today is the day the past is not even I mean it I, I barely even remember I I do remember the movies I mean that is mm-hmm. I think there's something there that's kind of eternal 
maybe like our souls. But people are basically stay the same because we are uh, uh, luminous beings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our speech and our reason makes us stand out. Mm-hmm. And even the farmer, uh, you know, he, he's uh, got some advantages, certainly. I mean, you got to give him this that. This is getting real heavy. I, I'm just, I'm going to stretch my neck out across this tree stump for a little while. That's always very comforting to me. Are we done? I, I guess. Done? See, I yeah, mean, we'll stop right there. All right. We'll stop right there. All right. What do you think? <laughs> I thought it was enjoyable. We certainly got it going for a long time, Mark. And I think you seemed very comfortable for the length of that thing. I enjoyed being in that area. I was a little, uh, we were exploring. Sure. It was a little hard to keep it consistent on how developed these creatures' sense of environment was, how human-like it actually was, how ignorant they were of the world. Your character seemed to have a lot of inside knowledge that I don't know that turkeys, you know, so that. To explain, given that we've been in the same environment, yeah, why there would be two characters with such different ideas. That was an interesting challenge. Well, I don't know that we met that challenge, but it was exploratory. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Well, I, I, we're going to call that scene, my professional breakdown of that scene would be as follows. A, it was a general agreement scene. By that I mean, the characters generally agreed. They both wanted to be there. They both wanted to be having that conversation. Does that make sense? Sure. And if there was any confrontation or difference of opinion, no one wanted to leave. It was not awkward. They wanted to stay there and figure that out. So we're going to call that a general agreement scene. My second evaluation would be this. It was a game scene. And by that, I mean, you and I, while we're certainly being turkeys, are doing something else in our minds. And that is think up ways. How does turkey life map over human life? And what are some philosophies in the human world that we can jam into turkey world? And even though we're having this conversation as turkeys, a piece of our brain is playing that game and trying to get those ideas turned into workable dialogue. That's the fingerprint of this. That's how I would fingerprint that scene. Yeah. The general agreement game scene. I know we've talked about context and systems Mm -hmm. and agreeableness within the system. You certainly could use the term reasonableness in that sense, right? You're being unreasonable. You've come into my deli asking for a tennis racket. That's not reasonable. Correct. You, You should know. We don't sell tennis rackets here. And, and once I tell you that we don't sell tennis rackets here, you should not insist that we sell tennis rackets here and that you know, some sort of prank has been pulled. Indeed. But I got to think that drives deeper, that there is something, is it just, there's nothing more to reason than just the context and the custom of that context? Well, again, unreasonable is relative to reasonable. And on the flip side of that, my unreasonability to your deli example, asking for a tennis racket, is directly related to your willingness to say that's unreasonable. And if you don't push back a little bit on that, well, then I guess it is reasonable. And those kind of things can actually confuse the audience a little bit at times. When you are allowed to behave like people don't in the real world don't behave, but they're going to need an explanation or they're going to need some time to get used to that. When I'm teaching, when I'm doing this, I always, always, always try to foster in students a strong sense of this is real, this is absurd. And absurd in the most general sense of the word, simply meaning not real. And when people have a good sense of absurdity and reality, and they can dive into those characters and have fun with it. So what about contradicting yourself? It seems like... As a character or as an actor or... As a character, um, I mean... I guess that's the question. Is it maybe the audience doesn't necessarily know? You know, I think we got tripped up a few times there. At least I felt like I wanted to say something about time. I started to say something about time, for instance, 
And then I had clearly already referred to us seeing repeated movies. Whereas had I thought of the time issue first, then turkeys probably have a very limited sense of the past. It was something that needed exploring. And if I didn't actually contradict myself, I certainly came very close to that. Now, it's an absurd enough situation. Maybe it doesn't matter <laughs> whatsoever. Well, we both we both lived in an absurdity. We both allowed it to happen. So the first time we mention a movie, the audience might be like, oh, that's funny or that's weird or that's strange. We mentioned it a few times. You even mentioned the farmer shows us movies. At that point, I think the crowd is totally on board with these turkeys both watching and comprehending movies. And they probably find it quite enjoyable. And every time we mention a movie, an oddly pointed movie, a, a movie that has so much. I mean, the farmer's showing us the good stuff, uh, or at least, well, the good stuff that really jogs our minds and, and whatnot. I understand Forrest Gump. It has lost some shine as the years have gone by. <laughs> yeah, I think the crowd is totally fine with the ridiculousness of that. We were just a few steps from run, forest run to chicken run to turkey run. So. Boom. An unrealized potential link. Exactly. Those things are all around us. You'll get off stage sometimes and a crowd member will be like, man, it was really cool when you said that one thing that the other character said. And I don't remember having done that, but I don't say that. I just say, <laughs> hey, it's the magic of the work. It's the ma you know, it is cool, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you for the compliment that comes up often. So I guess in certain contexts, mm -hmm. unreasonableness is reasonable. Because you've created characters that are acting absurd, but of course, there are going to be different kinds of unreasonableness and the kind that is in character for the situation you set up and the kind that is out of character yeah. is going to be grating. Not to mention playing with that sense is fun, too. The audience certainly understands what is and isn't reasonable. And sometimes they enjoyed having those things played with a little bit or, uh, you know, us breaking the fourth wall, bowing reality a little bit. It can be quite fun and the audience can, can enjoy it. The difficulty comes if you and I aren't on that same page and aren't agreeing and playing it and aren't recognizing when the absurdity is either when the audience isn't buying it or it's not getting swallowed or it's just kind of hanging. And I, I don't know how else to describe it, but you've got an artistic sense in you. You know, that needs to be played with some more. I don't know who mentioned movies first, but we both liked it. We both dived in pretty hard into that. I thought that went a million zillion miles to building the world where these turkeys <laughs> get shown movies that have a lot to say about their station in life. I think we need another scene. I think we need... <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, so uh, let's do a tutoring session. Sure. Where you are uh, my student, and I am... You're, you're, uh, you got it. What age do you want to be? You can pick your own age. 14. All right, Billy. <laughs> um, you've been doing just terrible in math. Horrible, horrible. I, 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 don't, I don't think that... We can go on this way. You need to uh, sit down. You need to focus. You need to uh, to. I mean, stop being silly on the tests. Stop what on the test? Vomiting on the tests? Stop being silly on the tests. These triangles are so stupid. What are we triangles for? I mean, what? What? Am I going to be a triangleologist? Work at the triangle factory? I mean, geometry. Why? Why? See, that speech that you just gave there, uh -huh. I didn't think that was funny when you put that on the test. Here is your test. Uh -huh. You said exactly that yeah, thing. I've been preparing it. Do you understand the, the point of, first of all, do you understand the point of mathematics? To add numbers together and subtract numbers together. Can you think of a reason why you would, in your future endeavors... Count my money. Need to add... Count my money. Exactly. You won't know if someone has come and stolen your money if you don't know how to count your money. Well, people don't pay me in triangles 
and parallelograms. I mean, wh- why? Ugh. There are numerous applications in actual jobs that you might have okay. to geometric thinking. But what's more, it teaches you basic, logical, clear thinking, a skill that can be applied across the board. It could be applied uh, to your personal yawn, life. Yawn, I know how to think. Okay, I know how to think. All right, here's what I think. You know what I think? I think you should probably get a better car, okay, than that crappy Ford Taurus that hadn't been in production <laughs> for eight years, okay? That's a little logic. How about that logic? How about that logic for you? I'm going to teach you a word. It's called, it's, it's two words. It's a phrase called ad hominem. Ad, ha, ba, ba, so you're attacking my ad hominem. Hominem. Okay. What am I ad? Hom is for okay. the person. Sure. It means you're attacking the person. Sure. You're saying because my possessions, my fashion sense, uh-huh. you wrote these things about also about my tie on your test. Uh-huh. I thought that was yeah. a little uncalled for. Yeah. Uh, None of that la- your ties are undermines lame. your ties are lame. What I am actually trying to demonstrate to you and your failure to understand that attacking a person mm-hmm. is different than attacking an idea is one of the many reasons why you failed this test. Two things. A, I'm glad you understand what I'm trying to do. I am trying to attack you, the person. Okay. And clearly you understand. That's great. Here's question number two. What am I adding that to? What's getting added? Ad hominem, adding it to what? What are we uh, adding see, to this thing? Now you're committing a fallacy of equivocation. The ad AD is just to ad hominem, to the man. Whereas adding ADD, completely different word. When you equivocate, you make a mistake. Okay, what you commit am a logical I adding fallacy. to the man? You're adding frustration, you're adding disrespect. You're adding quite a bit of, why did you have to say this stuff about my toes? You can't even see my toes. Well, bro, A, you wear Tevas sometimes. B, I quit wearing, my parents quit wearing Tevas in the 90s. All right. There ain't no beach around here. All right. These Tevas are classic. They are from the 90s. I've had them since the 90s. It shows that I'm in touch with the children. And their uh, their ways. What, what do I need? I, what, what do I need to do to get a D minus? I just want a D minus in geometry. Okay, what do I need to do to do that? If you just sit there and shut up, a D minus you will have. Boom. Failing is too much trouble on the parents to come in, but a D minus, as long as you do not disrupt the class with your irrelevant comments, with your attacks on other students. Even talking about my toes on your test is over the line, but talking about, do you know that Wendy was crying because of what you said? What is that? I showed, you, you, an, I showed you a note that said, can do. You said, don't be disruptive. Sit there and be quiet. That's what I did. I wanted to say that I can do that. So I wrote a note that said, can do. And now I'm going to go back to being quiet and get my D minus. All right. That's reasonable. <laughs> and scene. Awesome. Now, again, fingerprint of that scene, we were disagreeing in that time. Neither one of us necessarily wanted to be there, but we had to be there, right? Tutors got to be there to make their money. I got to be there to pass geometry. I would also say, even though it was closer to something called a relationship scene, where you and I are more in the moment, we can't really think ahead. It's harder to think ahead 
because what I say is right on the heels of what you're saying. And what I'm saying is inspiring you to speak. Does that make sense? Sure. Now, we can think ahead a little bit. No scene is purely game scene or relationship scene. There were certainly some gamey elements to that. Me thinking of the different ways I can disrupt this. However, I can't go into such super detail like I could in that turkey scene. I've got to be very much in the moment, very alive as these two people friction against each other. So I would call that a frustration scene. Okay. (laughs) That's its fingerprint. Let's try to recap. Mm-hmm. So I got you started. Well, real fast. Did, did you? What did you think about the scene? All I did was fingerprint it. I enjoyed it. I uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. I was a little confused when you showed me a piece of paper as to whether you were, since the audience can't <laughs> see the piece of paper, as to whether you actually were being the character showing me a piece of paper or whether you as Bill were trying to convey something to me. So I... Uh, I never break character. I never <laughs> break character. Like Lincoln Osiris in uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Not until the end. Yes, we can we can move along to the next part here. So I, I think this uh, typology of scenes newly entered our discourse here. So a game scene versus a, what did you call it, an in-the-moment scene? A relationship scene. A relationship scene. Was that the lesson to kind of get started on those? It ended up going that way. I had something else written on my piece of paper, but I can share what that is, or we can just make uh, it what you if said. If you don't feel like we, <laughs> we, you know, we could save it for a different lesson. Let's save it. And, and that's what will make it. This idea. And again, it's not the audience does not know the rules of improv. They're not going to judge you. However, if I find myself in a particular scene and I sense that it is a certain type of scene, is this a sprint or is this a, a marathon? Well, I can change my style of play to fit. What is my partner going for? He wants us to be philosophical turkeys. Can do. And in fact, to make that, that scene's probably going to be a little bit longer. It's probably going to be a little more patient. However, I can always keep in my back pocket something big and ridiculous should I get bored or whatnot. But first, I kind of want to serve that idea as best as I can. What did you get out of this? Uh, obviously, it was something in the having to do with reason. But <laughs> yes. what, what's, what more specifically <laughs> well, do you feel like? How do we judge reasonable? How do we say certainly happens in court all the time? A reasonable expectation of privacy, reasonable behavior. I'm sure that there are instances where assaults have happened at bars or whatnot, and people have probably gotten off because a judge or jury thought that someone's reaction was reasonable. And I'm sure people have been thrown away in jail for a while because people thought someone acted unreasonably to an altercation. And I'm sure that's probably on the jury and judges and attorneys and whatnot to figure out what is or isn't reasonable and how there's a lot of wiggle room. (laughs) Yes. I was hoping for a little more global investigation of what the basis of rationality might be. Now, given that we're talking in an improv context about contexts, Mm -hmm. then it really did sort of get subsumed into that discussion about systems. And, you know, I made the connection myself as I was saying it. So it's not that this is typically, you know, if I had said, oh, you know, but outside of a fictional context or, Mm -hmm. you know, a performative context, what counts as reason, yeah. then that would have started us on something. But yeah, I think we could save some of that for next time. I just, I felt like last time my description of what was wrong with lying was a little inadequate in that I said, you know, when you lie, that it's like you're making a second claim alongside it saying the sentence I just said is true. Well, if you're intending to lie, then you could just lie about the second sentence as well, right? (laughs) The way that I actually put that, what I should have said is you're, if this wasn't clear, is that just by speaking at all, you're making a claim 
maybe unconsciously to truth. So the idea is that you are, if you tell a lie, you are contradicting what you are also saying in saying those words. So what's wrong with a lie is not just that you're lying and it might hurt people, but that there's something more fundamental in that you are being unreasonable. You are contradicting yourself. You know, that's at least the theory that somebody like Immanuel Kant had about lying. And so I thought talking about reasonability in this context was relevant, that Kant's argument there comes down to it is irrational for you to lie. It's not just morally wrong. In fact, what all moral wrongness becomes some sort of irrationality. And that's something that we could explore in a future discussion, perhaps. Who who said people are rational? Well, (laughs) or are supposed to be rational. Yes, that is what Kant said. (laughs) We're supposed to be rational. And that, in fact, we all recognize when we say something that contradicts something we just said, again, just kind of by speaking at all, you're laying a value claim down to not just truth, but rationality more generally. And so, you know, you may as well be an animal if you throw that away, that that is the thing. But I feel like very little of that. I threw some of those words into our scenes and I talked about some fallacies in the second one and all that was fine, but I don't even want to ask the judge bot. I think improv produced the most profound effect on me in that scene. Do you want to fight me about that or or do you agree? I will accept the victim. That's a little piece of advice someone gave me. If anyone out there is artistically inclined or ever is in a place where they get compliments, always graciously accept a compliment. Even if you don't believe it, they might be lying, but they decided that it would be good for them to do it. And they did it for noble reasons. And you should always graciously accept compliments. You don't have to thank them up, up and down, left, right, and center. Always graciously accept a compliment. So when you say improv one, Thank you. Thank you very much. So the judge bot has... Uh-oh, changed change their decision. Uh-oh. No, no, no. Is, is glowing red and is spitting out ticket after ticket after ticket. I, Scratch I off. Do Scratchies? Not, Scratch I'm going to just have... I'm, I'm going to un, unplug it. I'm, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, okay. I've got... I've pulled out the USB. So hopefully... Uh, okay. It, it's still very, very hot to the touch, but yeah. hopefully it'll be in good shape for next time and I will make use of that technology And perhaps I might even look at that upgrade so that I could just have it perform instead of me. You might have to get one on your end if we really wanted to to make it complete. Could just be me with a box on my head. I'm going to warn you right now. And I will accept that that is in character. If you start wearing a box on your head, that that is not you telling me something about yourself as a person. Yeah. All right. Well, I... uh, this is a modest sized, modest, uh, unpretentious episode. Thank you so much, Bill. I really enjoyed learning from you today. And I enjoyed learning from you, Mark. Thank you, audience. Thank you, audience. And scene. Scene, indeed. <laughs> There's more to be heard, folks. After every episode, Bill and I keep talking in what we call our post-game segment to reflect on the episode, think about the future, there are a couple options for getting this, and you can find out about them at philosophyimprov.com slash support. Baby, I should sell my soul. Baby, I should sell my soul. Baby, I should sell my soul.